Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In our second lesson today, St. Paul is instructing the people of the church at Rome about the topic of sanctification. Sanctification means to be made holy by God. It is not something that we do on our own, but it requires God the Holy Spirit in our lives. Paul describes a life that is lived in and under the Holy Spirit. We have been made Christians by holy baptism. Baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection. And we were there brought to faith in Him by that Holy Spirit. In this section of St. Paul's letter, he begins to explain what it means to live the new life in Christ as we move toward the glories of heaven with the Father. The use of the word sons here in this reading is intentional because of the history that the word sons encompasses in the Bible. It isn't just used because of the way things were in Paul's time in history many centuries ago. It certainly does not mean that girls and women are not included in God's family just because we sometimes think of the word sons as meaning only male children. Rather, here the word sons means to have the sort of close relationship that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has with His Father. Son is also what God called the people of Israel. Those who were descended from Isaac, the child of God's promise to Abraham and to Sarah. Through the saving work of Jesus, each baptized Christian, both male and female, is adopted as a son of God. Even the Greek word for adoption, which Paul uses in verse 15, literally means placement as sons. All those that have been chosen by God in the washing of baptism have been joined to Jesus, God's Son, and through Jesus to those promises made to Abraham and to Sarah. As Paul will later say in Galatians 3, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave or free in Jesus Christ. We get our inheritance through Him. We have been adopted by a loving, heavenly Father, the one whom Jesus calls Abba. That's a term of familiarity and closeness, very similar to our term, Daddy. In the two previous chapters, Romans 6 and 7, Paul has begun to describe what the Christian life is and is not. And then at the beginning of chapter 8, Paul makes clear that the Christian life is not freedom to do whatever I want to, whatever I feel like. We are not to be led by our feelings or to be led by our bodily desires, for those will lead us only to sin and to death. The Christian life is instead spirit-filled and spirit-led, surrounded by God's love, the kind of love that God shares among the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the kind of love that was shown to us in the death and resurrection of God's Son, Jesus. We who have been baptized into the Lord Jesus' death and resurrection are now all sons of God. We have a new status. 
We are no longer slaves to sin, death, and evil. We are sons of God who may call upon our Heavenly Father, just as our brother Jesus does. When we pray, we may call upon our Heavenly Father, Daddy, and cry out to Him in trust when suffering comes upon us as it came upon our brother Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that calls us to the waters of holy baptism. It is the Holy Spirit that creates faith in God's saving work in Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that brings to us awareness that we are indeed adopted sons and now fully children of God. It is the Holy Spirit that teaches us as God's children to to pray trustingly to our Heavenly Father as our Divine Daddy. It is the Holy Spirit who prays with us and prays for us. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us grace to understand that we are heirs with our brother Jesus. And it is the Holy Spirit that renews in us a healthy, godly fear of the Lord, which leads us to continual repentance and the granting of God's forgiveness. We have been promised that one day we will share in the glory that the resurrected and ascended Jesus now enjoys. But today, in this life, we share in His sufferings even as He shares in ours. Now some might think that in a school and church like St. Paul, blessed as we are with nice facilities and a safe neighborhood and a comfortable life for most of our members, that we wouldn't really have any genuine suffering here. But we know that that is not true. People do not have to be living in poor neighborhoods or in poverty to be suffering the effects of a sinful world or from their own sinful nature or from the consequences of their own sins and the sins of others. If we look around, we see that suffering is not always brought on by poverty or social inequality. We have many among us who are hurting from children to teens to young adults to those in middle age to the elderly. The single, the married, and the divorced can all be struggling with missing or damaged or broken relationships. Many people are caring for relatives who are sick, suffering, and dying too. Some have undergone significant financial setbacks or are living with major diseases or injuries or are grieving over the death of loved ones. But Paul isn't just talking about that sort of suffering as he describes for us what it means to be led by the Spirit and to share in Christ's suffering. He's talking about suffering on account of our faith too, our confession that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God who died on the cross for us. In another few weeks, we'll have several of the young people in our St. Paul Parish family go through the rite of confirmation. Some of them are in our 8th grade class. On that day, they will make a public confession of their faith before this congregation. They will be reminded that at that time that they are adopted as sons through Jesus. They are the children of God in whom the Holy Spirit has been working since their baptism. Now, confirmation is a time when young people begin the transition to adult faith life and mature Christian responsibility. Some, however, will probably stay spiritually immature and irresponsible, though. There's an old joke that if you ever want to get rid of any sort of pests in a church, all you have to do is confirm them and they'll go away. 
But that's actually very sad, considering how important confirmation and our individual public confession of the faith and what it means really are. Abandoning our confession and avoiding church is not the life that St. Paul describes in Romans 8. That's not life lived under the Spirit and under Jesus' cross. Worship is not optional for true children of God. Growth in our knowledge of the Bible and of God is not a matter of choice either, and it shouldn't be influenced by the world around us. Bible study is not a matter of just sitting around in a circle and offering up our own opinions saying, I think... And baptism and confirmation are not some sort of heavenly insurance policy that we simply store away in a safe deposit box waiting for our funeral. Life lived in and under the power of the Holy Spirit looks like the faithful life of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In Him and through Him, we have our sonship with God the Father. Just as Jesus spoke closely and constantly with His heavenly Daddy, we children of God ought to pray in the same way. Just as Jesus listened to and obeyed the voice of God, so we children of God ought to listen to God's voice speaking through the Holy Scriptures. Just as Jesus reached out to the lost sheep of Israel, so we children of God ought to reach out to those who have fallen away. Just as Jesus gave His whole life away in humble service, so we children of God ought to follow Him in suffering to death. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ described His sheep, described His sheep as those who, who feed the hungry, who clothe the naked, who welcome the stranger, who visit the sick and the imprisoned, so we children of God ought to go and do likewise. The Holy Spirit is here calling all of us to be renewed in godly fear and rededicated toward lives of active worship, humble and willing service, and generous giving. The Spirit calls children and parents, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, nephews and nieces, grandparents, godparents, everybody you can think of. All people, regardless of our vocations in family, in school and in career, and in our citizenship, are still called to follow the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is calling us, calling us to recognize what it is to be an adopted son of God, a brother or a sister of Jesus, a son or daughter of Jesus' daddy. The Holy Spirit is calling us out of ourselves, out of our constant focus on our own feelings and our own desires. The Holy Spirit is calling us constantly again to remember our waters of holy baptism and there once again to be buried with Jesus Christ and to be raised to the joyous life of being a son of God. The new life in Christ, the new life lived in and under the Spirit of God is about growing and deepening in our prayer life, in our devotion to word and sacrament, in our self-sacrifice of love toward others. We are to abandon ourselves, to be renewed in godly fear, love, and trust in our Heavenly Daddy as well, no matter how comfortable we are or no matter how much we are suffering in this life right now. The Spirit of God is working on us and in us so that we may know for certain that the promise of glory in heaven is ours even when we are stuck here in the earthly muck. 
The Holy Spirit is praying in us, with us, and through us so that we can say, in the end, all will be well. We know from God's promises how the story will turn out in the end. Let us rejoice each day, then, in our adoption as sons of God through our baptism into into the Lord Jesus, suffering, death, and resurrection. Let us celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us, who has not left us as orphans in this troubled world, but has come to make us children of God, renewed once, renewed continuously. We are heirs with Christ forever. In His holy name, amen.